0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for August 30th, 2009. Nonetta just made a comment about one of her friends, had a kidney stone. And um, kidney stones, I'm telling you, are some, I'm not saying every single time that this blanket statement, I'm telling you from my experience have been some of the easiest things to help. Okay, here's the kidney stone protocol. Fast food from standard process, fast food, starting with a P, P-H-O-S, food, okay? 30 to 40 drops per day in orange juice with actually 30 to 40 drops that the kidney stone's really giving you fits two to three times per day until your pain's gone. Magnesium. Whether you get the magnesium, standard process does make a magnesium called magnesium lactate. You can use that two to three per day the thing is, is, here's how you know if you're taking too much magnesium. You start to get loose bowels. You start getting loose bowels on the magnesium end, then you know you've taken too much. Back off a little bit. And a product called Arginx. A-R-G-I-N, I think E-X. It's from Standard Process. What? Oh, N-E-X. Arginx. Okay. That acts like gum out for the kidneys. These are food tablets for the most part. And, um the phosphate is actually a liquid phosphorus. Now, here's why I say that. Most of the kidney stones have a calcium base to them. Most of them. Not all, but most. Magnesium and phosphorus compete with calcium in the body. So if you take the phosphate and the magnesium, what it does is it tends to melt the kidney stone like a piece of ice would melt in the hot sun. You pass the the, the calcium out of the body like sand. It doesn't come out like shards of glass. I couldn't believe this. Taylor has a friend, and I mean, she gets kidney stones every other day. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's it's like something horrific happens to her every... I, I literally believe there are people that are walking around, and it's like one physical problem after another. I do believe in a lot of those cases it's something spiritual along the lines of a curse or something. It has to be. It's just too much stuff going on over and over and over. Accidents that happen to them. Physical problems or whatever. Anyway... And that's something you would need to pray about. Okay, not to say all of these issues are something you wouldn't need to pray about. I'm just trying to give you the physical side, um, but the spiritual side is obviously very important as well. But th- th- they've done all these things. I mean, this is what 11 year old girl here. You've got you've got kids now with ailments that are ha- that would normally happen to like 30, 40, 50 years old, they're turning up in children now, 10, because the foods have been so degraded and so processed and things have gotten so bad that now things are moving up. Kids are burning up all their enzymes at very early ages. They're eating foods that are devoid of enzymes. And as a result, they're burning up their enzyme pool that God gave you because we only have a finite amount of enzymes in the body. When you start burning up your enzyme pool by burning out your adrenals, drinking uh, sugary uh, sodas and caffeinated products. I mean, you've got kids now, they're at, they're at lunch and they're eating, drinking Red Bulls and, and, and all of this garbage, and they're eating, they're just pure garbage for lunch. Now, let me ask you a question. If you put 33 octane in your tank, is it going to run right? Nah, I don't think it's going to run right. Will it run? Well, maybe it'll run. I don't know. I haven't tried 33 octane lately. But that's what we're doing to our bodies every day. And we expect everything to be... Oh, and then what happens is, and this is all by design, well, wow, I got sick. Wow, I got this ailment. I got this problem. I got to go see Mr. MD so he can prescribe me a drug to cover up the symptoms. Most of the time, that's how it works. Or even an antibiotic. Well, an antibiotic doesn't cover the symptoms. It kills it. Yeah, it also kills all your healthy flora. kills all the good guys. So then when you go off it, you got to go back on it again because now you've got candida. So you got to take more in the box. It's a, it's a self-perpetuating cycle. It's all a matter of control. You're a lot of people are going to be amazed. A lot of people that, 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 that let's say a born-again Christian, and they turn their nose up at this type of information. Well, he's not a white-coat-wearing doctor. He's not a real doctor. I'm an O doctor. What do you mean an O doctor? Well, if you go to a party and you tell them you're a chiropractor, they'll say, oh... I'm an O doctor, you know. I'm not a real doctor. I don't have the magic prescription pad and the white coat. Of course I could buy a white coat and I could get a stethoscope too and look real impressive. Maybe one of the speculums. I always wanted to walk in the consult room and wear a speculum on my you know, and a stethoscope around my neck and a white coat. I've had I've had the white lab coats, so yeah. Anyway, sorry, just a little thing a dream I've had. Anyway, uh so yeah, they um it's disease care. What we have in the medical profession is disease care. Let's take a symptom and since the body's stupid, that's a given, according really with the MDs, that's kind of the way they treat the body. Well, you have this symptom. Let me give you this drug to mask the symptom. Well, wouldn't it be better to kind of treat the underlying cause of the problem? Well, isn't that what chemo and radiation does? You're treating the underlying cause. Yeah, you're also devastating your own immune system and poisoning your body into good health. Because that's what chemo is, is poison. I'm just using different examples here. It's insanity. It's not the way... Do you think this is the way God would have it? But if it was Satan, you think it might be the way he would have it? Intended to be? And I did a whole six-part teaching on pharmakia. On the evil roots of that, go to SermonAudio.com, look up Scott A. Johnson, and um, and there's two Scott Johnsons, but there's only one Scott A. And I put my initial in there so people would know it was me. And key up key are part of the word, in the search box on my homepage. Now eventually, all of these teachings are going to be on the ContendingForTruth.com website. Also, you can find them up on YouTube. Endtimedelusionnumberone.com. onecom There's a lot of people posting these these um, audios, or whatever. So, you can find them up there, listen to that, if you dispute the roots of the evil roots of the pharmacia profession, which is really the modern day roots of the medical profession. Now again, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I'm not opposed to emergency medicine. I'm opposed to drugging your body long term, into thinking that you can drug your body into good health. And I understand there's exceptions to every rule. I understand that. Okay? I'm just talking about in general. So, um, anyway. Oh, but Taylor's friend, you know, she had these kidney stones. And um, they went in there, and what did they do? They did, um, they, they well, they have, did that last. But They, they were in a bathtub. Well they, they 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 originally what they did is lithotripsy which is where they set you in a water tank and they do pulsed I believe it's some type of pulsed ultrasound through the kidneys and it breaks up the stones and then you pass them now this is science wow that's fun passing shards of of broken up stones through the urethra that's really fun as they tear their way out <laughs> Wouldn't it be better to if you could melt that stone and dissolve it? Now, I've never seen that kidney stone protocol that I just gave you fail. I'm not saying it couldn't, because if you had an alkaline-based stone, it probably, it would help it, but it probably wouldn't totally correct it. You might have to do some different things. You might have to do more of an alkaline-based protocol. But so far, I've never seen it fail. And I'm talking, I've had people scheduled for the kidney stone operations... And they get on the protocol and two days later the pain's gone and they cancel the surgery. Now, does that mean the the stone's all gone? No. Doesn't mean that at all. That stone could still be just almost as big as it was. But here's what happens in the body. When you have a problem, let's say a kidney stone. Let's say you have what they call a staghorn colliculi. Which is like the worst one you could possibly have. When you you do an x-ray of that thing, it looks like a staghorn. Like a stag of of a deer. You know why? The calluses of the kidneys are so gummed up with calcifications that you can literally see it on an x-ray like bone would show up. And and, and the calices of the kidneys looks like a staghorn. It's called a staghorn colliculi. Anyway, you can throw that out to your friends a little trivia next time you're at a party or something. Anyway, uh, let's say you have that, okay, in, in that particular scenario. Okay, so you have a staghorn colliculi it's sitting there, and it finally gets, it hasn't given you any symptoms whatsoever. Now, understand, this example I'm giving you applies to every other thing that occur in the body as well, including heart disease. You could apply this to coronary artery disease. Okay? You've got a staghorn colliculite It's not giving you any symptoms whatsoever. All of a sudden, one day, though, it grows a little bit and it starts giving you symptoms. Maybe you get a little blood in the urine. Maybe you start getting flank pain. Maybe you start getting pain down the back of the legs. These are all potential signs of kidney stone. And you go to the doctor, and he x-rays you, and he's like, wow, you have this gigantic stone, and you're like, wow, when did that happen? Well, it happened over probably 20 years, 30, but we're in such a Burger King mentality in America, I want it my way, and I want it now, you just automatically think a lot of times, because we're trained to think this way, well, that just must have happened this last week. It takes years for these things to happen. Coronary artery, artery disease. My dad, it took him a lifetime to get there. 100% blockage and two arteries 95 in the other. It happens over long periods of time. But as the problem is happening, you will reach something called what they call a symptom threshold line where the problem becomes bad enough that the body will actually start manifesting a symptom. And when you cross that line, then you're going to start to become aware of it. But the problem may have been there for 20, 30, 40, 50 years prior to it crossing the symptom threshold line. That's why symptoms aren't really the best way to always, you know, gauge if you have a problem. Well, what do you mean? Okay, here's another example. Somebody comes in and they've got cancer. Up to the last week, they felt fine. In fact, let's say they feel fine right now. They go in there, they find out they got like stage three cancer. Why don't have any symptoms in the world? Well, that's because the symptoms which you've been relying upon have failed you. They're dead in two or three months. Eventually they started having symptoms. But symptoms aren't the best gauge of what's going on. You've got to be careful with symptoms. Okay? And so if that's all you're relying upon. Coronary artery disease, same thing. You could have you could literally have 85 90% blockage and have no chest pains at all it depends on the individual some people could have 40% blockage and have angina it depends everybody's different okay so there's a lot of preventative things i think we should be doing particularly in the day and age we're living in and i gave you a lot of those today but that was the kidney stone protocol hemorrhoid protocol you want to uh, i've never seen this protocol fail Uh, No, I should say one person couldn't take it because they were allergic to it. It's called colonsonia root. Colonsonia root. Starting with a C. C C-O-L-L-I-N-S-O-N-I-A. Colonsonia root. Standard process makes it. They put it in a tablet form or a capsule form. And the reason I say standard process is because I know they're going out of the way to really make the best of the best of the best nutrients, just like that innate nutrition is. Just like the Invive Silver. I try to only use the top companies that I can find. Okay, Innate, the one company, the innate response formulas, they don't have near the product line that standard process has in, in, in regard to the volume of products they've got. They're very new in comparison to Standard Process, which has been around since 1929. So that's why a lot of times you'll, you'll hear me refer to Standard Process. That's the product, primary product line I'm trained in. I was being, like I said, I was being groomed to be one of their main, the guys that go around and teach the doctors type of thing. But I didn't want to go that route because if I were to have went that route, number one, I would have had to have done all the kooky muscle testing. And number two, I would have been locked into only recommending their product line and that to me, that's not right because it's like, oh, okay, I can't recommend any other products to the doctors because for certain things, like I said, innate's going to beat them. I don't, I don't want to be a slave to any company or anything like that. I want to be able to recommend what's best no matter what the circumstances without any hidden agenda behind that. So um, the colonsonia route is key for hemorrhoid cases. Uh, I've literally had several people that were scheduled for hemorrhoid ectomies where they take the hemorrhoids out surgically, and every single one of those cases were canceled. The surgery was canceled. Just from... Now, colonsonia root will not correct the underlying cause of the hemorrhoids, which is typically a toxic liver. Toxic liver will create back pressure of the portal, um, portal vein. This back pressure will end, tend to create hemorrhoids. It creates stagnant blood flow and, and uh, back pressure. And um, I'll try to put... I have a newsletter on that as well. I'll try to put that up on my, on my contendingfortruth.com website. I'm going to try to put anything that I mentioned today, if I have a newsletter on it, whether it's cardiovascular, whether it's blood sugar, whether it's parasites, whether it's hemorrhoids, I'm going to try to get the newsletter up on the Contending for Truth so you can go up there and read it and not have to email me and ask me about it. So give me... Give my webmaster about a week on some of these. Okay, because I will do that. I wrote a note to myself, and um, uh, I'll, I'll try to get those up there for you. And you can call that 800 number that I gave you on Standard Process, and um, they can get, hopefully get you somebody like a practitioner that can sell you the nutrients or whatever. Uh, now a lot of them, a lot of them won't do that. A lot of them will say, "No, you have to come in for a full patient consult and workup." That's how they make their money. Okay. I don't know. I'm just to the point where freely have I received, freely I give. You know, I still, I still got 50 grand in school loans <laughs> that I need to pay off. So yeah, I could go around and try to you know charge for this and do this and that, but I just don't feel compelled to. I would just rather give it away and let God take care of the rest. Or whatever, and again, I'm not saying it's good to go in debt. I've never said it's good to go in debt at the time I wasn't even born again Christian um, but you know we we just because we get saved doesn't mean mean we don't have other things that we need to deal with after we're saved, like things that we you know probably shouldn't have done in my case, getting in debt. so going further, let's see here. Uh, another question. Hi, Scott. I'm looking into the silver. Oh, hold on, before I go any further. On the hemorrhoids, you want to detox the liver. If you've got a real bad case of hemorrhoids, take the colon Sony root, but detox the liver and the gallbladder. It really would be a good idea to do the, um, if you're going to just key on that, AF beta food and some of the choline, like I mentioned before, for a gallbladder, gallstone case. Now, here's why I say that's very safe to do. I was in human dissection for a year. Gross anatomy one and two, uh, central nervous system, peripheral nervous system. I dissected human bodies for a year, straight. I think I would be in a real moral dilemma if I was if I was a Christian now wanting to do that. I don't I don't know. I don't feel right about it now. I know we're not under Old Testament Levitical law. It's just it's very morbid. These bodies, after a year, literally look worse than a lot of times what you see in a horror movie. It's just not a reverent environment, put it that way. But anyway, in the process of me dissecting human bodies for a year, and I was like the chief dissecting guy, I would never, ever poke a person, draw blood on a person, operate on a person. I don't like that. It's not like I pass out the sight of blood. I just don't like the thought of cutting into somebody, a live human. But at the time, as an unsaved person, I had no problem doing it on a cadaver or a deceased person. Every single one of the people that I dissected, I because I had a, a knowledge of, of um, nutrition and these types of things, every single one of them had a gallbladder that was full of stones without exception. What does that tell me? That tells me that virtually every single person walking around, particularly America, is walking around with a sack full of gallbladder stones. Choline is a liver detergent that helps break down the stones. You do it, I would say you want to do it for a couple months. Stay in a process, the one they sell, do six per day. Take it with meals. Do the AF beta food, six per day. And you're done. And then I'd probably do it once a year. You know, it's like the oil lube and filter in your car. You, you take it in every 3,000 miles. Well, you want to detox the liver at least once a year. And again, anymore, I just do it ongoing because we're exposed to so many toxins. Anyway, I wanted to tell you to do that on the colonsonia with the hemorrhoids because they're interrelated. Okay, let's go further. Um, Hi, Scott, I'm looking at the silver, and my interest is in the 2,000 part per million. That's a different strength. There's 5,000, 2,000, 1,100, uh, 50 parts. Now, the 50 parts per million is for if you had an eye infection, just so you know. If you had an eye infection, Now you can make that. If you had 5,000 parts, you can make a 50 part per million, Okay, but you're going to have to dilute it okay, to make a 50 part per million solution. Um, he's asking me about the 2000 part, which do you recommend to combat the swine flu? Uh, well, again, I've said that the only, the only strength I would recommend in any kind of pandemic, and I'm going to give you the the recommended things here in a second is the 5,000 part per million. Now they do make a 10,000 part per million and people ask me about that one. I generally tell people to get the five. Here's why. I'm trying to save them some money. The ten thousand part per million is like think two twenty nine a bottle. Now, you would think that because it's more concentrated, it would be even less money. But because they don't sell near as much of it, it actually costs more. The best value of all the strengths of the silver is the five thousand part per million by far. Okay, so that's why I generally recommend that strength. And with the five thousand, you can always take more. Uh, if they were, he's asking me. Uh, let's see here. He's asking me how long the two thousand parts per million would last. Well, if you were using it as a general maintenance dosage, two thousand parts per million, say thirty drops a day. Like, let's say I'm just taking it. I'm just doing it as a preventative maintenance. Thirty drops per day on the two thousand. Uh, ten to fifteen on the five thousand. That that would be about where you 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 could use as a maintenance dosage. I mean, the stuff's strong. You don't have to take near as much of it, particularly for maintenance. Uh, but for swine or avian flu, I've got a. Uh, it's called a proactive um, defense packet. These are my recommendations if we were actually if you actually had contracted something like. Um, let's say, genetically altered swine flu. Uh, it's called Days Ahead, What to Expect and How to Prepare. It's a little presentation that I've done. Measures in the event of a pandemic. I'll try to make sure this one is available as well on the website. It's actually a PDF attachment on some of my avion flu teachings as well, but not my recent ones. Okay, so I might, I'll try to make sure that's available on truth.com. Anyway... These were, would be my worst case scenario. We've been hit with swine flu. Everybody's gonna panicking. They're going to die type of scenario. One teaspoon to one tablespoon for every 30 pounds of body weight per day. That's the general guideline. You split that up. You know, if you weigh 180 pounds, you know, six, you, you, you would take six teaspoons and split that up into six. Well, you could do two teaspoons three times a day, I guess. But it would be better if you actually had something to do it, let's say six times a day, it would be three, because it's going to be a more steady state in your bloodstream. It's going to work a little bit better. And if you're trying to save someone's life, you're going to want to devote, you know, do it the best way possible. That would be, that dosage, one teaspoon to one tablespoon for every 30 pounds of body weight, if you've been exposed or have a virulent virus to a virulent virus or pandemic type of outbreak. I'm not claiming a cure. I can't do it. According to FDA reasons, but I'm just saying this is what I would do. Uh, The one tablespoon dosage would be used for life-threatening situations. Like, you know. Now, why why am I just keen on silver? Why not? Okay. Why don't I talk about the D? Well, the D is important. But let me tell you something. The D is immune system modulator. It's going to help your body produce the immunopeptides. Vitamin C very important for the immune system. Calcium, also important for the immune system. Zinc, also very important for the immune system. But those, all of those things that I mentioned, in and of themselves, aren't going to go and specifically eradicate the virus. They're going to help your immune system ramp up. They're going to help your own immune system give your own immune system the tools to deal with it. But it's not like silver, where you're actually taking the substance into the body and it's acting like a secondary immune system to directly kill the viruses. The other ones are boosting up your primary immune system. The silver, on the other hand, acts as a secondary immune system. Another thing, some of these other products out there, you've got to really worry about how much you're taking. Food-grade hydrogen peroxide. I I love food-grade hydrogen peroxide, okay? I think it's great. Make sure you get food-grade hydrogen peroxide, though. Okay? Um... The one that I have been getting that I like, seem, they seem to have really done their homework, is called Guardian of Eden. Guardian of Eden. Uh, looks like their website's www.dfwx.com. Anyway, Guardian of Eden. And it's spelled G U A R D I A N. They sell 35% food grade hydrogen peroxide. Be careful. This stuff will burn you, and I mean burn you bad. Okay, I'm serious. You gotta really be careful. That's another reason I'm a little bit reluctant because it's so volatile. This stuff, you really need to keep it refrigerated. You need to make sure it's never exposed to sunlight. There's uh, a lot of things you got to do with that, and you don't, you you can't just take copious amounts of food. Let's say we got hit with a pandemic. You cannot take copious amounts of food grade hydrogen peroxide like you could the silver. There's only so much of that you're going to be able to take. You're going to create too much oxidation in the body because that's what H2O2, which is what hydrogen peroxide is, it creates oxidation in the body. What is oxidation? Oxidation creates free radicals. Free radicals are actually one of the things that age us. So I tell people if they're going to do the food grade hydrogen peroxide on a daily basis for health, because it does put oxygen in the system, it does kill bacteria and viruses, make sure you're doing a strong antioxidant along with it. Not, not with it, but the same day. The one I like to use is called Vitanox. V-I-T-A-N-O-X. It's made by MediHerb. It's from the sister company, to standard process, which is MediHerb. Now, if you call the 800 number to Standard Process, which I gave, if a practitioner order Standard Process, they can get the MediHerb, because that's their sister company. Now, there's other antioxidants out there. And there's some really good green foods out there and things like that, and those are good too. I'm just saying, you want to offset hydrogen peroxide. You, but again, you've got to be careful. And in a pandemic situation, what are you going to do? Guzzle food grade hydrogen peroxide? You, you could really hurt yourself doing that. So you've got to be careful. The silver, you're not near as restricted on your dosages with that because it, you're not dealing with an oxidative process in the silver. You're not dealing with that. You could literally consume, I mean the average person could consume short term up to half a bottle of the 5,000 per day. I'm not saying that's ideal dosage, but I'm saying you could do that if you had to save a life. Another product that a lot of people have asked me about, MMS, Miracle Mineral Solution. Now I have sold MMS. A lot of people ask me about it. It's a kind of a new product developed by a guy named Jim Humble. I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. I've got one patient that absolutely swears by it. Says it's great, helps his immune system. I'm like, great. We're all different. And none of us all react the same off different things. One product isn't just cookie cutter, tailor-made. The closest product I've found for that on the immune system is the silver. But not everybody's even going to do good on the silver. There's some people that don't. It's rare, but it does happen. The problem I have with the MMS... And you can look up Miracle Mineral Solution on the internet, or MMS. Jim Humble. The problem I have is you activate it with either vinegar or citric acid, and it's kind of like a supercharged version of, uh, of, um, kind of like a supercharged version of hydrogen peroxide, kind of. But it's really a super supercharged version of what they would call an activated oxygen, like an O3 liquid. When you activate it with the vinegar, particularly the vinegar and even the citric acid, it gets a very, very, very bleach-like, chlorine-like smell. I can't get past the smell. I really can't. It's nauseating to me. I mean, nauseating. And, if you take just a little too much MMS, I'm talking one drop too much, you will get violently ill. I've had it happen to me. Two times. It is not fun. And let's say we get hit with a pandemic. Oh, let's load up on the MMS. Okay, I mean, you could literally be in the fetal position within 10 minutes. I got the virus, but I'm throwing up projectile vomiting because I took too much MMS. And in a panic situation, that would be much easier to do. Now you've got to deal with the projectile vomiting. That's not going to help you any. So... I'm cautious about the MMS. I'm cautious about the food-grade hydrogen peroxide. Yes, I think there's merit there. But the primary product I would, I would lean on is the is Envibe uh, Mild Silver Protein. And there's no other company that makes a stronger silver out there. There's no other company that makes a more st- stable product that has a longer shelf life. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But I, I wanted to throw that out there. because What I just said could literally be a matter of life or death with some people. Yes, build up your immune system with the D3, with the C, with the zinc, with the calcium. And there's other things you can obviously do on the herbal side, echinacea, those types of things. The oregano oil from a North American urban spice, they make a good oregano oil. Um, but I'm just telling you things that, that I, from my observations of being a chiropractor, for, for the time that I've been, and dealing in the, in the arena of clinical nutrition for over 15 years at this point. So, I'm going back to these guidelines, the su- Suggestic Therapeutic Dosage Guidelines for a Pandemic on the 5,000 parts per million. Uh, the dosage, like for the um, one, to, one teaspoon to one tablespoon per 30 pounds of body weight, this dosage should be broken up and taken in an, um, no more than three-hour intervals, you could even do it in one-and-a-half-hour intervals. Or even by the hour, if you wanted to, you could break it up. Um, another thing, you know, stay at home, avoid contact with the populace till outbreak passes. But like I said, most of the time the outbreak is going to probably be the people that got vaccinated. So again, 1918, our eyewitness reports, the people that didn't get vaccinated, they were fine say, I'm not saying that's going to be the way it is this time because we have chemtrails now. We didn't have that back then. They got ways of getting us from the air. Isn't life grand? You know, isn't it wonderful to have all these draconian agendas trying to wipe out the human population? I mean, you know, hey, what's not to like? Sorry, I have to add a little bit of levity in there from time to time. So, if taking the mouse over protein drink at least, now if you're taking a lot of this, I would say minimum 10 8-ounce glasses of purified water per day to flush the die-out out. You take this much silver, you're going to probably get headaches and a Herxheimer reaction, particularly if you've already got an active virus trying to proliferate into the system. You're undergoing, in this type of scenario, what they call a cytokine storm, a viral storm in your body. And if you're, if you're taking 20 parts per million silver, you got 20 troops trying to kill... This storm that's going on in your body. You need a high part per million silver. I mean, that's the way I can see it. Just do the math. It doesn't make sense the other way. Well, ours is a nanoparticle, so it's better. Well, we'll talk about that, too. Um, Okay, mild silver protein can be used topically with DMSO. Dimethyl sulfoxide. you can get it in most health food stores. But again, I would get the DMSO that's in glass. Um, and DMSO is a penetrator. If you had, like, let's say you had this skin outbreak, and it was the virus or something on your arm, you put the silver right over it. You can also use food grade hydrogen peroxide, or or even regular hydrogen peroxide. You can do that, and then you can put the DMSO on over it. The DMSO will 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 um, push. The silver and the hydrogen peroxide right into the right into the infection site acts as a penetrator. Okay, so and again, if you want to know more about DMSO? Just key it in on the keyword search box on one of the thing, on the search engines, and uh, I'll try to get a lot of these things up on my website. But give us you're going to have to give us some time too because um, it's going to it might take a little while to get some of these word docs up there. So, because the 5,000 ppm mild over protein is only available in 4 ounce bottles, it would be wise to keep at least, I get this question, how much do I get, what do I get for my family? It would be wise to at least keep a few bottles for each adult family member and one to two for each child in your household. Okay, I'm just telling you, I mean, that's what my recommendations would be. View this like an insurance policy that hopefully you will never have to use, but again, as the day and times move on, um, it's appearing more and more less likely that we're not going to have to use these things. It's not like, and yeah, not only that, but do you realize that something like this of silver protein, it would be... Uh, once this stuff starts to happen, you won't be able to order it through me. You won't be able to order it anywhere. You probably won't have access to anything. The health food store shelves are going to be bare. The drug supply is going to be stripped clean. Probably the only options you're gonna have is the vaccinations. The prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I'm just saying that it's wise to keep this stuff and and um on hand. And I do have that special that I said earlier that I can extend to you right now. I don't know how long it's gonna be, okay, but I, I do have it right now. Um even if you don't use the product in the event of a pandemic, it can be diluted and taken on an everyday basis to keep the immune system strong. You don't even have to dilute it. 10 to 15 drops per day of the 5,000 is a maintenance dosage. Um, will last you a long time. Oh, that was another question that I'm going to get to here in a second. How, how long? I'll just say it right now. Um, he, sa- he asked me, if I buy a bottle of 5,000, how long will it last me because it is pretty expensive for me, though I know it's a good deal. I don't have any serious problems or anything. I would like to use it as a normal dosage. Okay, here's my answer. If you took 15 drops per day of the 5,000 part per million as a maintenance dosage, a 4 ounce bottle has 2,129 drops. 2,129 drops. If you took 15 drops per day, it's going to last you 142 days per bottle. It's not a bad value. I mean, how many months is that? It's a lot. So again, that's um, 15 drops per day. That would be, I would say, a man 15 drops, a woman 10. You know, if if it was 10 drops a day, you know, you're going to have over 200. You know, about 213 day supply per bottle. Okay, so that's well, because it's so concentrated too. Because the silver is so stable, it has a minimum of a 15 year shelf life. We, the company, has determined that at this point. The reason they can say it's a minimum 15-year shelf life is because they have bottles that they produced back in um, uh, 15 years ago when the company started, and they're still perfectly good today. They're still perfectly good and as stable. Now, if you go out and buy, my experience was you go out and buy any other silver on the market, it will start falling out of solution within one six months to two years. You'll see the silver on the bottom. Well, I know how to fix that. Just shake it up, and it's all good. No, 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 no. If you see the silver on the bottom of the jar, it's worthless. It's 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 inert. You can't. Now you're actually trying to consume inorganic silver. It's fell out of solution. Um, you don't want to consume that. It's bad. So that's never happened to any of the Envive Silver because it is a mild silver protein and they have, they're have they the only company on the planet that has the stabilization formula on how to do this. And it was developed by an MD named Dr. Cordeaux. and Before he died, and many believe he was assassinated, he gave the full formula to the owner of Envive Silver on how to stabilize this stuff. Pretty amazing story, actually. Uh, there is a retest date on each bottle that says, I think right now it's 2014... But the only reason the retest, it's not an expiration, it's a retest. The only reason it's there is for FDA purposes, that's it. They've got ones that are 15 years old. The, um, the Envive believes that the bottles may be good up to 100 years. So, that's kind of neat. There is no colloidal silver in any form that can even come close to the shelf life or the potency, nor, there has, been, nor has there ever been one case of argyria, which is where the people turn gray, ever reported from taken in via silver. Now, the people that get argyria and turn gray are the ones that make it themselves in their generators at home. And every time it's the same deal, I met one of these ladies in Topeka, Kansas. She came up to me morbidly gray, that fresh, out-of-the-casket look. And um, she said, yeah, I'd take 16 ounces a day. And uh, don't get sick, turn me gray, but hey. I'm like, well, it's your option, you know. The problem is, is, is when you make it yourself, you're making about 95 to 99% ionic silver. It's not colloidal which is true particulate silver, it's ionic. It's missing an electron in the outer shell. It's an ionic silver. It's very unstable. And as soon as it comes in contact with the chlorides in your bloodstream or your stomach acid, because what's stomach acid? Hydrochloric acid. As soon as it comes in contact with that, it converts to silver chloride, which is essentially inert in the body. So you have about a 2nd seven-second half-life or a seven-second usable life in the body when you take the generator-based silvers that are made electrically. And now a lot of companies make them electrically. Stuff that, the Vives Silver is not made electrically. It's it's totally different. So anyway, I I get, this study has been kind of a long time coming because I've got a lot of questions over all this. And I've even got a whole uh, YouTube presentation. And you can go up there, and Dr. Johnson and Colloidal Silver, or Mild Silver Protein. We're going to look at it's up on YouTube, it's about, you know, maybe a half hour long, maybe forty minutes, I don't know. And we look at the history of colloidal silver and the truth about electrically produced silver. In the silver generators, the difference between ionic and colloidal. And I give you the history, you know? But the the vast majority, ninety nine percent of the companies out there are producing a very, very low part per million either ionic and or partially colloidal mixture. This stuff, the the vibe, is pure colloidal. And they have an agenda, they're trying to make money, and they base their research off a guy named Ronald Gibbs, who basically proved that he hardly knew anything about silver whatsoever. And he actually had a vested interest in the silver companies he was doing the research for. So I, I just battle this stuff all the time. I'm trying to head some of this stuff off at the pass here. I've done um, a YouTube presentation. You can see all this for free. Um, if you go to um, YouTube, Dr. Scott Johnson. Um, it, actually, if you want the website, it's um, www.youtube.com and you can, I'll have this in the PDF, forward slash av 1611 in five seven 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 seven. That's the website. But you can go up on the PDF and click on it. And, um, I've got the video presentation on the Avion bird flu and pestilence, uh, pop, and then one on population control pandemics, biological warfare, colloidal silver, and then just one on colloidal silver that you can go and you can look at. Also, on my website at dr-johnson.com, there is a desk... Coil Silver Desk Reference Guide for specific health problems for those who are seeking help regarding specific diseases, maladies, and health problems. You can go up there, you'll see desk re- Doctor's Desk Reference, it's a tab on my website, click on it, Doctor's Desk Reference, and then it's all in alphabetical order. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things, diseases and stuff, that, that you can access. March 1978, issue of Science Digest said, in an article titled, Our Mightiest Germ Fighter, reported, an antibiotic kills perhaps half a dozen different disease organisms, but silver kills some 650. Resistant strains fail to develop. That's what their conclusions were. UCLA Medical Center determined colloidal silver killed every virus that was tested in a lab. and this was tested in a Petri dish. That's called... Um, in vitro, whereas in vivo is when you use it in the body, and it's a different deal. You've got to take more of it to get the same effect, and that's why you take a higher part per million. I also have a tab here entitled The Truth About Mild Silver Protein Rebuttals of Promoters' Misinformation, because I'm always getting people emailing me, yeah, but what about this? (laughs) It's it's the same old thing I've dealt with a hundred times, you know? So, most of it's been addressed in this link, on the PDF, and then actual mild silver protein scientific medical studies. You can go and see actual scientific studies that were done um, going back quite a long time on mild silver protein. People say, well, how is yours made? How is the Enviive made? Okay. It's made under pharmaceutical GMP or good manufacturing practices with double checkoff list. The silver that is used is the finest available and it's the same silver used in the 1938 12th volume of the British Encyclopedia of Medical Practice, Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons. The compounds used to make this silver are identical to the silver compounds used in burn wards across America and as a result they can achieve uniform particle size of 0.3 microns which is something most companies have a very hard time doing. This particle size is much smaller than bacteria, which are approximately 0.5 microns. Therefore, the invived silver particles can go over wherever the bacteria are. And because the invived particles are smaller than the bacteria, they can penetrate them. And again, that's one of the modes of operations. Also, like I said, the zeta potential of the silver kind of zaps these things. And um, that's a whole other study. Today's modern antibiotics kill over 100,000 Americans per year. And that's probably conservative. They kill 100,000 Americans per year. Cause horrendous liver and kidney damage, failure and death. Whereas, you know, if the inviolved mild silver protein has never caused one death, or caused one case of argyria turning gray, in fact, you have a greater chance of being struck by lightning than developing argyria, which is turning gray. A lot of people are concerned about that. Because they parade like the three or four people in the United States that are gray around, and say, look at this. Oh, this silver. It's the blight of humanity. It's an abscess on the backside of humanity. It's terrible. We must eradicate all use of silver. And guaranteed, they're going to ban it one of these days. They're already trying to ban n- n- nanosilver, Classifying it as a pesticide. I've reported on this sometimes times past. Why? Because it's a gigantic threat to the medical industry. Medical industry used to use this stuff prior to 1938. Food and Drug Administration takeover. They used it. You could go to an MD and get it prescribed to you. But with the advent of antibiotics and the fact that the silver was actually curing stuff, they have no interest in curing anything. Why? Well, I give it to, to Jerry Lewis every year you know, Jerry's kids, and I give to the March of Dimes, and I give to all the breast cancer research, you know, the pink ribbons and stuff. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that they've never found a cure? They never, ever find a cure for anything. Well, we're working, we're gonna... I mean, that Jerry stuff, that Jerry Lewis guy makes me want to vomit. I'm sorry, but... The guy is a shill. It's unbelievable. He's been doing that ever since I've been a little kid. We're just right on the cusp, any day... That money that you're giving to all those wicked organizations, it's like giving it straight back to the pharma cartels that are the very ones that are planning for your demise and depopulation. Or at least a bare minimum to make you sick as a dog and easy to control. Then they're never going to find a cure. Not in and of themselves. It's not going to happen. There's no financial interest in a pharmaceutical company, ever finding a cure for any disease. Ever. Tell me what the financial interest in that would be. None. Why? Because they make the money off reoccurring revenue. You get on a medication, you take that medication, you've got to take a little more of it to get, get the same effect in six months. You've got to take a little more in another six months. Wow, this one's not working anymore. My, dr- my receptors for this particular drug are all clogged up. Well, we'll we'll give you a stronger version of that and or a different medication. Wow, I'm taking this different medication and you know what? I'm starting to have side effects because they all produce side effects. All drugs do. It's all by design. So I got to take this drug to counteract that side effect. Next thing you know, you're on 10 meds or 20 meds or 30. There's people that are on 30 meds. Reoccurring revenue. The love of money is the root of all evil. Okay? And that's just... That's the facts. And that's what I'm trying to wake people up about, you know, in part. I mean, don't, don't think I'm opinionated on the subject or anything. I don't want to give you that impression. You know, I'm pretty neutral, as you can see. Sorry. Uh, okay, so, there's... Um, North American Urban Spice is another product. The Oregano Regano P7-3. I give you their link to their website and their 800 number on the PDF here. It's also advised, these are other proactive things you can do, also wise to invest in a personal nebulizer. The mild silver protein can actually be put into this device and atomized into the lungs and the nasal passages. Let's say, you can, let's say it was airborne. I contracted the lung, I got the sore throat, in my lungs, I know I got the whatever, the mutated version of the swine flu. Put the, put the silver, 100 parts per million, no more than 100 parts per million. That's what I've been told. 100 parts per million, not 5,000, but 100, into the nebulizer cup. I like to use one drop of eucalyptus oil in there too. It gives it a nice smell, and the eucalyptus oil helps open up the lung fields. And you atomize that into your lungs three, four, five, six times a day. If you've been exposed to something virulent, you're actually, you know, you're actually topically treating the infection, or the virus. So, nebulizers, I give you the link to a good company that was selling a good nebulizer. I don't have any financial interest in any of these companies. These are just things I've seen that can help you. I give you their their number. Um, I give you some things regarding gas masks, cartridges, potassium iodide, iodide, which would be if we got nuked. Um... You take potassium iodide to protect your thyroid. Survival manuals, things like this. There's um, survivormall.com. That's Thomas Horn's website. It's a Christian. Um, They've got a lot of survival stuff. And they've got a lot of free stuff up on their site. They've got free emergency books and guides from there. I'll give you the link to go there. All this free stuff you can get. Very comprehensive, covers almost all the survival needs bases. They've even got a couple audio presentations I give you the links to. You can listen to that. There's also a book called Dare to Prepare that's always been highly recommended by Steve Quayle. Stan Dale writes it, and I give you that link. It's the preparation. Um, People ask me, where do I go? Well, there's two books that I've been able to locate. One is called Strategic Location, North American Guide to Safe Places. It's an in-depth analysis of North America's safest places to live. But again, the safest place you can live is right in the center of God's will, the Lord Jesus Christ's will. So, again, you know, I don't want to put him in full panic mode. I'm just saying here that this is something, if you've been convicted about that subject, this is a resource. I'll give you the link to that. There's another book, another one by Stan Dale called Prudent Places, USA. Now I know that's not going to help anybody living in Europe, but you can probably re. Even if you read these, you would get a good idea in your region. You know where it would be a good place to be. Generally in high ground, generally a hundred, a hundred miles inland, on high ground, uh, in the country. These types of things, just sensible things, where you know you're not going to be in the middle of some citywide riot on the coast somewhere where, you know, you could go down that rabbit trail quite a long ways. But these are just things to think about. These are... I got this email from um, thereadystore.com, and it was the 101 of emergency preparedness. Top five priorities in emergency preparedness. Uh, Number one, make a plan, review, rotate, replace, make adjustments for family size, age of local communities, consider evacuation, communication, stay in put. Number two, gather, grab, and go supplies. These are things like what they call 72-hour kits, MREs, which are meals ready to eat. And that's what it stands for. Food bars, water pouches, water purification, first aid storage. Um, three, gather shelter-in-place shelter supplies, whatever that means. Radios, flashlights, first aid, sanitation. Now, there's little links here to all these things that I'm talking about, and you can click on them and see what each one means. The problem is is that the PDFs that I put up on Sermon Audio, the links, like a text link, does not work. There's nothing I can really do about it. But I believe the PDFs, the Word documents that are put up on the Contending for Truth site, for that given teaching, they will work. So for this, I would advise you to go into Contending for Truth, and looking at those links, or, or you can click on them there. Or you could go to the store.com and find it. Uh, number four, clean water, things like water storage, barrels, filter storage. Number, number five, shelf-stable food items in the pantry for short- and long-term food storage. Uh, making a plan, and again, this is all kind of laid out for you. I'm not going to get into all this. It's all here, though. They give you eight more things to consider in regard to emergency preparedness planning. Uh, it's not my specialty, but I gave you all the links and all the resources to explore that. I, what I try to do is I get these questions. So then what I'll do is I'll make documents where it's all in one spot. It's like one-stop shopping for you. And in that way, you have it all in one place. And this will be a document like that for you. Okay, So, let's go to the next question. Um, Dear Dr. Johnson, I received this email from David Cloud who has a ministry, Way of Life. And I thought you may find it interesting. I know you are hectically busy and don't expect you to reply to this, but I would be interested to hear your brief answer on this article if you have time. Okay, and it, what it is, is it was a whole article on warning about chiropractic from David Cloud. And for me, this was the last straw from David Cloud. Listen, I access his website. He's got a lot of great articles up there. But I'm, I'm going to read you my response. Um, this was to Craig. I actually wrote to this ministry, David Cloud, about this regarding his article on chiropractic. As while I admit there is much New Age infiltration in alternative medicine in general, including chiropractic. Okay, chiropractic though is in essence taking a hard bone off a soft nerve, and I give I have a whole attachment that I'll I'll put up on ContendingForTruth.com. <clears throat> Okay, continuing, Uh, after I got this article, because I had been one thing after another with his emails that, um, (laughs) I'll explain that here, but what I go on to say is if I put someone's back, ankle, or wrist back in place through through a chiropractic realignment, that's not new age. Because that's what the essence of what we're talking about here. Now, if I poke a needle in somebody, into their meridian, trying to restore nerve balance through acupuncture, that's new age. If I try to do all this kooky muscle testing where I'm pressing on supposed you know, reflex points that may or may not exist, and I'm asking the body all this stuff, that's new age. If I bring crystals into the office, and I'm trying to balance someone's chakras or whatever, and get them to be in touch with their you know, third eye, that's new age. Taking a hard bone off a soft nerve, in and of itself, is not New Age. Hopefully, you can see my logic here. And let me, and, and, and if you're still not convinced, let me finish this. Then I subscribed from his list after I read this last article. And it, trust me, it's been a long time coming for me to unsubscribe, as he is totally throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The concept of chiropractic has always existed. This is long before D.D. Palmer who was a magnetic healer, supposedly discovered chiropractic. The concept of chiropractic has existed long before he ever supposedly invented it. Okay? As many times someone can have a back problem for years. And I've heard these stories. Somebody having a back problem for years, okay? Let's say they got into an accident or they did something, and oh, I got back problem. 20 years they got this. And then all of a sudden, they accidentally step off a curve the wrong way one day, and spontaneously their spine's realign. They hear something pop back there. Wow! My pain's gone! Well, let me ask you a question. In this case, they just realigned themselves by accidentally performing a chiropractic-like adjustment on themselves. Obviously, there's nothing new age about that. I mean, let that sink in. There's nothing new age about that. Evidently, Mr. Cloud would rather have you stay in pain from a chronically misaligned back than seek a competent chiropractor to realign your spine. Because this is what it boils down to. Coincidentally, I have observed by being on his newsletter list for years that he is incredibly medically oriented and pro-vaccination, and he is a very deceived man regarding these issues. He's pro-vaccination, too. So I just had had enough. Not to say I don't refer people there to, to get information on certain articles, but, you know, I refer, then I gave them the, uh, the links to the Pharmacia sorcery, pharmaceuticals studies that I did regarding this. But most people that call themselves born-again Christ, born Christians, whether they're in a Baptist church or a Pentecostal or whatever, are very deceived on this issue. They're very deceived. My children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And I'm telling you, I see it all around me. They may be really solid in one area, and when it comes to this pharmacia issue, they're totally brainwashed because it's a proven fact that by the time we're about the age of 20, we've been exposed to, I believe it's almost 20,000 hours or something of, of medically oriented commercials if you're the average TV watcher and or you know, through other means of advertising that they use. So people are conditioned for this. And, like I said, it's pharmacia at its roots. So, again, I wanted to just to kind of say that. Uh, at the same time, I do admit, there's a lot of New Age infiltration in, into chiropractic. But that doesn't make the concept of taking a hard bone off a soft nerve evil. Somebody has their wrist out of alignment, I adjust their wrist. Oh, I've just been New Age on them. I've just New Aged them. Give me a break. Just realign their wrist. I mean, if you crack your knuckles, is that new age? If you pop them out, if you just pull straight on them, and you hear that thing pop, it could be, if it was out of alignment, you've just probably realigned it. Is that new age? No, it's not. So, anyway. And going further, let's go further. Next question. Can you, here's a good one. Can you prove to me that microwave ovens and toothpaste is bad for you? I've never had that combination question asked. Microwave ovens and toothpaste... Yes, I can. Okay, I'd say to him, read your toothpaste tube regarding the warning if more than a small amount is consumed. I got this. uh, If you've read the back of your toothpaste label recently, you're in for quite a shock if you haven't read it. Reading from a tube of Kid's Crest. I mean, hey, this is for the kiddies, right? They wouldn't do anything mean to the kiddies. They they just want them to be the first one that gets vaccinated for the swine flu. Them and pregnant women. That's the pregnant women carrying the little kitties, the little pint-sized kitties in the form of babies, and the little kitties, they want them to be the guinea pigs for the swine flu vaccines. I don't know if you knew that, but that's that's what they're planning. How sick. Reading from a tube of kid's crest billed as a sodium fluoride anti-cavity toothpaste, there is a warning label. On the back that reads, "Quote: Warning, keep out of the reach of children under six years of age." Now, hold on. How do you keep it out of the reach if it's Kids Crest? Do you like supervise them? Do you like dole? uh, Do do that? You have like a little maybe a screen cage in your house that you sit behind. And you dole, your kid comes to your, your little child, comes to you every morning, and they hand you their toothbrush, and you dole it out. You just squeeze that little bit out on the toothbrush and hand it back to them under the screen cage door, like at a bank or something, or at a prison. And that way, you are keeping the toothpaste tube out of their reach, but they can still have their toothbrush and their little. I can't see any other way to do it. Just me. Then I'm continuing with this quote. If you accidentally swallow more than used for brushing, seek professional help or contact a poison control center immediately. Sounds safe to me. I don't know about you. It's just the same thing they put mercury in vaccines. Well, see, mercury outside of the body, we all know is lethal. can be potentially lethal. You don't even take the mercury from a mercury thermometer and put it in your hand. Just it being on your skin can absorb in. Stuff's nasty. They've never even determined the permissible amount that's, that's okay for you to ingest or, or to be exposed to. Yet it's okay when they put it in a vaccine and inject it right in your bloodstream. Then it's good. It's, it's okay then. It, there's no logic here. Anyway, that's sodium fluoride. Sodium fluoride being a byproduct of the aluminum industry, originally from, I believe, Alcoa, the aluminum company. And they, they had all of the sodium fluoride that was a byproduct of the aluminum industry. And they said, hey, what are we going to do with this? So they got together evidently with the, with the uh, toothpaste industry and said, we got a great idea. We'll just put it, we don't want to dispose of it, so we'll just put it in the toothpaste. What does fluoride do in the body? It actually, actually, actually acts as a bone softening agent. It ages you prematurely. Did you know that? There's there's villages, I believe it was in Germany, where they had a high amount of sodium fluoride, which is not the naturally occurring fluoride, but like this inorganic version, that naturally occurred in their water. And these people got all kind of bone-softening diseases and were aging like you wouldn't believe. Somebody that, that was 30 looked like they were like 55 or 60. That's what happens if you consume too much of it over long periods of time. What else does it do? It tends to burn out the lower brain lobes of your brain, which is the part of your brain that controls your will to resist. Oh, I wonder why they want us to have that. They just want to turn us into a whole group of sheeple people and herd us into the slaughter as we're bagging away because and, 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 our lower brain lobes are fried from the fluoride. That's what it does. And that's just a couple things. Now, you, you don't believe me? Go ahead up to the internet and go to www.fluoridealert.org and you'll see a little book there. And it's called The Fluoride Deception. The Fluoride Deception reads like a whodunit. The Fluoride Deception by Christopher Bryson just published in the U.S. And it examines this whole thing of this fluoride issue. I just touched on it. Now, microwave ovens. I gave you a link here. Uh, which is entitled, Microwave Ovens Destroy the Nutritional Value of Your Food. Now, I don't even want to go down that rabbit trail. I could do studies on each one of these things. But that's what it does. Microwave ovens destroy the nutritional, the enzymatic value of the food. It's not something natural. Okay? And, and um, it's not something that you... I don't use them. I try to avoid them like the plague. not saying if you get something done in a microwave, you're going to die or whatever. It's just one more thing that we could be doing on a daily basis to contribute to the detriment of our health. Okay, more questions. Uh, Can you please tell me whether honey is good for me? Assuming it is better than sugar, I often have it on or yogurt. Someone mentioned it is the same as sugar. Thank you for your information, Hazel. Okay, my answer. Honey is good, but the best kind of honey, the kind that Jesus would have ate, I would have almost... Absolutely guaranteed, you is raw, probably unfiltered honey, because they didn't have all the processing methods back then. Okay, why why do you want to eat raw, unfiltered honey? Okay, well the best reason is because when you cook honey or you heat it, we were just having a conversation about this. You're going to destroy first thing you're going to destroy are probably the enzymes. Enzymes are really sensitive to heat. You're going to destroy a lot of the antimicrobial properties. You're going to destroy uh, denature things like the vitamins. Whenever you heat something, you're going to hurt the natural, intrinsic nutritional cofactors, vitamins, minerals and enzymes that are in it. It's a proven fact. So if you pasteurize milk, you're destroying all the good stuff that would have been in the milk, you know. So that's the kind that Jesus would have eaten because well, what do you mean Jesus eating honey? Well, let me just read you a neat Bible verse I found. I say today you can usually get it only at health food stores, but I haven't even seen raw honey even lately in some regular grocery stores. Kind of neat. Honey is not sucrose, which would be like the, in in the manner that we're thinking of is the bleach processed table sugar type of thing. With everything stripped out of it and nothing natural left in there. Like the way it occurs in sugar cane, sugar's fine. But then when you take it and you bleach it and you process it, and Taylor and I took a tour of a sugar factory re- recently just because I like to see this kind of stuff. And they were literally, it was at the end process and they were, all the sugar had fallen on the floor, everybody was walking and they were, they had those big snow shovel things and they were sweeping it up and they were putting it right back in the thing that, and it went through the processor again. And the reason he said, the guy, the tour guide said, that sugar will come out just as pure as the sugar because they, bleach it and process it so much and strip it of everything, it probably does come out that way. And he, his justification was, look at this pure product. It's so wonderful. Wonderful co- for consumption. It's just as good as, as any of these other organic sugars or whatever that are out there. But a guy like that has really drank the Kool-Aid and there's no way you're going to convince him otherwise. So, anyway... Um, Sugar is primarily fructose with many other cofactors, vitamins, and minerals, particularly if it's in its raw form. Okay, raw and filtered. This is a neat Bible verse. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Now this is a prophetic verse regarding Jesus Christ. This is one of the many verses he fulfilled um, really through his birth. Okay, One of the many Old Testament verses that was written hundreds of years before Jesus was ever here. All the more confirmation that the Bible is the true word of God. Anyway, this is neat. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Hmm, I wonder who that's talking about. And therefore, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means the Lord is with us. Praise the Lord. That was fulfilled. You know, with Jesus Christ, Mary... Then the next verse, interesting. So we're talking about Jesus Christ. Isaiah 7.15. Butter and honey shall he eat. That he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. What does this mean? Butter and honey. It, and what it's, I believe what the Bible's trying to indicate here is the simplicity of the food choices that he made. He didn't. I mean, it wasn't like, you know. Jesus was going to school and he had his juice boxes and his, and his red bulls next to him and, and all the, the sugary, you know, Cocoa Crispy uh, tricks. Lucky charm, My favorite cereal of all time, Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. Get your Lucky charm. I mean Lucky, Lucky Lucifer. And they're magically, magic, implying, you know, evil and sorcery and wizardness. Magically delicious. And then you got your little leprechaun too. Your little demonic, impish-like... Leprechaun with his shillelagh or whatever. I mean, what more could you ask for in a cereal? It's what all witches eat. Anyway, Jesus didn't do any of that. I understand they didn't have all those things back then, but it says that butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. So, a lot of time, you know, if you go and you spoil your, your body, let's say you live off junk food, how is that crucifying the flesh? Now, I'm not saying that you, you know, you, that you can never ever do anything outside the bounds of whatever, okay? I'm talking about your primary food choices on a daily basis. Okay? And these kids that are growing up nowadays, they have no self-control their their what their their taste buds are so stinking spoiled rotten that you put anything in front of them that's halfway healthy. I mean, I send Taylor, you know, if, if she's at, in her Christian school, she's at school, and you know, she she all of these kids that eat with her, they're just eating garbage, and Taylor has organic things and organic this and organic that, and they look at her like, oh, and yet she's the healthiest one in the whole school. She literally is. Never been vaccinated, never been poked. You know, healthiest kid there in the whole school, by far. Is it an accident? Is it just by chance? No, I don't think so. So, anyway, it's kind of an interesting Bible verse. Let's go further. Dear Dr. Johnson, And um, this is the end here. Dear Dr. Johnson, I know this may be out of the ordinary, but I trust your advice. I am 33 weeks pregnant. I don't... And don't in this day and time trust anything. I was wondering if you could tell me what I can do to clean my kitchen after raw meat prep, raw meat preparation, like making burgers. I've been using soap and water only. Is this good enough? I was also wondering about Listeria. They say it can be in raw fruits and vegetables. How well should I wash them and rinse them in water? Also, E. coli is also something else. Okay, so what I said is over the counter. Hydrogen peroxide mixed with a little soap, little natural soap. I like to use the natural soap. You know, I try to use everything natural. These these products nowadays—they got anything that has meth or prop in the ingredient list. If, whether it's a soap, whether it's your deodorant, whether it's your hair care product—if it has meth or prop, it usually be in the start. Propylparaben, methylene, whatever. It is a cancer causing compound. It is toxic, and the only way you 're going to avoid it is if you try to buy organic products or make them yourself. You can make in this case well you can 't really soap, I guess you can do that, but there's some natural soaps out there, and there's some natural uh, liquid soaps as well, but you you can use that with a little bit of um, hydrogen peroxide from like raw meat prep or if you 're afraid you 've contaminated. Your countertops or whatever, a little bit of food grade hydrogen peroxide. Some people use vinegar. The problem with vinegar is it doesn't smell that great. You know, oh wow, that lovely vinegar smell. (laughs) You know, it's just not something that a lot of people would want to do. You can use some essential oils. The essential oil of orange, um, essential oil of lemon. These are these are ones that have antibacterial properties and they smell good. Oregano oil has a lot of antibacterial properties. I've heard oregano oil can like sterilize raw sewage or something, but Of course, who's going to test that? I guess you have to test in a lab. But, you know, oregano oil doesn't smell good. It's really pungent stuff. Uh, Some of the oils like that can can be very good. Um, But the oils are a little more on the expensive side, too. So I like to use Now brand essential oils. They have an organic line, too. I don't use Young Living. I think they're probably the best oils. But Gary Young on Young Living is a total new age Mormon pseudo-Christian guy that is starting his own little cult as far as I'm concerned. And I was there, done it with Young Living, so please don't try to convince me otherwise because I've heard his teachings. Anyway, um, I like Now Foods for that. And Now claims to be Christian. They say they're Christians, and, you know, that doesn't really impress me that much, but most of the time, but, you know, who knows. Um... Okay, so the H2O kills the viruses bacteria, and the soap, um, which you can get at most health food stores, or like an organic soap, will, what the soap does is if you're going to wash vegetables, let's say you've got vegetables, even if they're organic, um, a lot of times you can soak them in water. And what you would want to do is put a little bit of hydrogen peroxide in there, some vinegar. And a little bit of, believe it or not, a little bit of soap. Why? Because you're trying to break the molecular bond of any pesticides that might have fallen on. Now, you can't do that with everything. You know, obviously, you can't do that with certain, probably fruits that would be more permeable. You know, but the ones that you can, or vegetables too. The ones that you can use a little bit of soap, it will help. Um, it will act as a surfactant and help break the molecular bond of any pesticides or chemicals on the surface. Okay? And, um, that's something that you can do. And, uh, you can soak your vegetables and fruits for, you know, I'd say probably five minutes at least. Make sure that it gets all over them. And then rinse them off really good. And then you can store them either in the the refrigerator or you can freeze them and use them in whatever you're going to use them with. So, Anyway, that was just the last thing there. Anyway, that's it for today, and um, we're going to do a another teaching next week, unless something comes up cataclysmic, like who knows what, but uh, let's say, you know, who knows, but we're going to do a next week on scriptural questions that I've gotten. Not, obviously, this is just a small sampling, but... Um, just some things I thought people might be interested in. So I'll go ahead and close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and time you've given us, for another time you've let us come together. I do pray, God, that you'd use this information for your glory, um, that you'd use it to help people, Lord, the body of Christ, and that they would be able to, in turn, go out and help other people, and that ultimately your name would be glorified and that many people would ultimately be saved through this information um, because you never know, Lord, how you might choose to open a door. It could be through a health discussion. It could be, who knows? Um, I know that you you can accomplish your will through these things. So, I also pray that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, in any way, shape, or form, that you would wipe our slate clean, Lord God. And as we forgive those who have sinned against us, I pray for your forgiveness. We praise you, we love you, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.